We are on Ksubis, the very bottom of Yod Gimel Amid Beis. In the Art Scroll Gemara, it is on 13b4, in the second column. Um, we're going to be discussing just one case today. It might be a, a shorter recording. Um, the Mishnah, this, is, this case is working off of the Mishnah. So just a quick review of the Mishnah that we had in, on last week's staff, on last week's page. The Mishnah was discussing what happens if you have a situation where uh, there is a single lady who has um, either is pregnant or we see, we know there, that she had sexual relations with somebody or according to Ziri, one opinion, he says that it's a case where uh, she's secluded with another man um, and she says that uh, uh, she has sexual relations with somebody and uh, the question then becomes, well, who did she have sexual relations with? And we don't know who that other person is. We just don't know who that other person is. That other person is not around. And she says, well, it's with a kosher. It's with somebody that she was allowed to be with. Now, who cares? What's the difference? The difference is pretty important because if it's somebody that she's not allowed to be with, so then uh, she would not be allowed to marry a Kohen moving forward. Um, and in addition to that, if she has a child, if she has a daughter, so then that daughter also cannot marry a Kohen. That daughter would not be allowed uh, to marry a Kohen. Um, and that is the case of the Mishnah. The case of the Gemara right now is a slightly different case. The case of the Mishnah was a case of a, of a, of a single girl. Uh, the case of the Gemara right now is a situation where you have an engaged couple, a halakhically engaged couple, which means, as we've been discussing from the very beginning of this tractate, of this Masechta, there are two stages of marriage. There is the first stage, which is, let's say, practically the giving of the ring in the times of the Gemara, of the Talmud. That would be the beginning of stage one, or what's referred to as the engagement period, halakhically engaged. Um, and then they wouldn't get married, fully married until stage two. And the big difference is that in stage two, that's when they're allowed to live together. They're allowed to be live literally in the same home. They're allowed to have sexual relations. That's after stage two. After stage one, it's still not allowed. Um, but uh, in addition to that, they're, they're not allowed to have sexual relations with others, right? Uh, that would be viewed as adultery um, during that year period of the engagement. Today, practically, it all takes place within five minutes under the chuppah. Everything happens at the same time. But the Gemara discusses a case where you have an engaged couple, and she becomes uh, uh, she becomes pregnant. And the question is, well, uh, who is the father? Who is the father? Now, this is no longer just a question of, you know, is she allowed to be married to a Kohen or not? It's much more, uh, the stakes are much higher in this situation because let's say she became pregnant from somebody else other than the groom. So then that's very serious. That's adultery and they would have to get divorced. And not only would they have to get divorced, but if there's a situation where she's pregnant, the child would be viewed as a mamzer. The child would be a mamzer uh, because it's a very severe type of relationship, it's uh, adultery, the child would be a mamzer, and then a child who's a mamzer, not only are they disqualified from marrying a Kohen, they cannot marry most Jews. They wouldn't be allowed to marry most Jews. There's a small section of Jews that they're allowed to marry, but really it's not for now. We discussed that uh, in Yevamos a little bit. So, uh, says the Gemara, There was an engaged couple who come in front of Rav Yosef. He amra minei. She says... She says that it was my groom. I had the, the, I'm pregnant and it's because I had sexual relations with the groom. 
V'hu Amar, he says, also, he agrees to it. He says, in Minai, it's true, it's from me. He says, it's true, it's from me. I also, it's, uh, now it's hard to know, how does he know that it, it was from him? Uh, it could have been that she had sexual relations with more than one person. It could have been with the groom and with others as well. Uh, and in fact, there's a big discussion on this because in the end of the day, they both went against the rules. They went against the rules because they weren't allowed to have sexual relations with each other. Uh, so the fact that they went against the rules, so maybe she'll go against other rules and commit adultery. Um, maybe we should be concerned for that. Uh, so that that is a whole separate topic. Um, how does he know that it's from him? Could have been from somebody else. So there are certain opinions that say that, uh, no, it, there's obviously a difference between whether it's from him. They're already in a pre-existing relationship. We don't have to be concerned that she's going to be with somebody else. Others say that, no, if we already know that she, she has some sort of relationship with other excuse me, with other people, so then we do have to be concerned. Maybe we even have to be concerned, even if she, we don't know of, a, of, a, of some other relationship that she has with somebody else. Uh, there are many different opinions about this. This actually is in the Tractate of Yevamos. This was discussed in the Tractate of Yevamos. But uh, let's assume that this is a case where um, some of, what some of the commentators explain is that we're talking about a case where they didn't just have sexual relations once, but they acted as if they were married, even though they were only engaged. And so therefore they had sexual relations um, more than once. They had it many times, and so therefore they're acting as a couple, even though halakhically they wouldn't be allowed to act as a couple in the, at this stage. Um, and again, this stage doesn't exist uh, really today. It exists for five minutes. But in the days of the Gemara, it, it was for a, a year long. And so he says the claim that, yes, the child is, the child is from me. Um, so the question is, do we trust them or not? Do we trust them or not? Uh, the similar question could have come up in a scenario where, let's say, they weren't a couple. Let's say she was just single, like the case of the Mishnah, and she says that I had sexual relations with somebody who was permissible to me, and the guy was around. The case of the Mishnah was where the guy is not around. The question is, do we trust her? Uh, do we believe her or not? But if it would be a situation where, let's say, the guy was around and he said, yes, it's from me, um, so maybe it would be a very similar situation um, because they're both saying that we're, we're, the, we're, the, we're the parents. Obviously, in that scenario, um, they're both single, and the guy doesn't know with certainty, it doesn't know with as much certainty that it's from him. Um, just in general, it's important to point out that uh, the concept that uh, how do we know that the father is the father in general is because we generally follow, the con- from, a, from a legal halachic standpoint, is that we follow the principle of rov, of majority, and majority of the time, um, the child is from the father, it's from the husband. Um, it's from the husband, and, and so therefore we could, just in a regular marriage, forget about engagement, forget about single, in a regular marriage, we could assume that the father, the husband is the father of the child because in the majority of the time, that's, that's the way it is. You know, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's normal. So that's what we generally assume. These cases are different because it's during the time period of the engagement when they're not allowed to have sexual relations or, uh, that's the case of the Gemara. We, we presented a different scenario here where you have two people who are single making such a claim, which it could be, could be a, a parallel case, could be a similar case. Uh, but that's, that's ultimately the question of the Gemara. So the Gemara is going to say that, that yes, we do believe them. Why? Could be for two reasons. So Umber of Yosef, Rav Yosef says we're now on 14a1, uh, on the first column. Rav Yosef says, Lamai Nechoshla, what are we getting, what are we concerned about? Chadatahakamoda, number one, is that everybody is in agreement. Everybody is in agreement. So even though in the case of the Mishnah where you have the single girl who says, and we don't have the, the, the guy is not around, and she says that 
I had sexual relations with um, with a kosher, with somebody who was permissible for me to be with, and therefore I can marry a Kohen. That's her claim, and the, the other guy is not around. In that scenario, we have a dispute between Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Yeshua. Rabbi Gamliel says we believe her. Rabbi Yeshua says that we don't believe her. We don't believe her. We have higher standards when it comes to marrying a Kohen. That's what we discussed in last week's stuff. There are higher standards, but Rabbi Gamliel says that we do believe her. We do believe her. She knows exactly what happened. She also has a chesas kashras. She has the status quo is that she does the right thing. These are all different ideas that we explained in on last week's stuff. But in this case, even Rabbi Yeshua would agree. Why would Rabbi Yeshua agree? Because everybody, because everybody here is in agreement. The the groom, the bride, they're all in agreement that it, that that uh, they lived as a couple, as a married couple, and so therefore the child is theirs. Now everybody's in agreement, and Rabbi Yeshua would explain this is this is a halachic concept that if both of them. Uh, claim this with certainty, so then we will believe them with regards to each other. At least with regards to each other, we will believe them and say that they could stay married. This is not viewed as adultery, and we would believe them with regards to each other. What, the child is also not a mamzer. Why is the child not a mamzer? This is based on perhaps a different idea that the father has a certain, has a higher level of, uh, of trust and belief. We believe the father to, um, to, to tell us what the status, the halakhic status is of the child. And so the father's saying, this child is mine. This child is not a mamzer. It's not from some other relationship that my wife had with somebody. It's from me. The child is not a mamzer. And we believe him because of that. There's a certain higher level of trust that we have that we give uh, to the father. So first of all, there's no reason to be concerned here because everybody's in agreement, both the bride and the groom. And even beyond that, beyond that, we paskin, we, we, uh, follow the position of Rabbi Gamliel. Meaning, even in a case where you have a single girl and the, and the, the guy is not around and she says that I had sexual relations with somebody who was permissible to me, we believe her. That's Rabbi Gamliel's opinion. That's his position. We believe, we believe her and we follow that position. So either way, even if you want to say Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua is in agreement in this case. And even if not, we follow the position of Rabbi Gamliel. So the Gemara questions the second reason. Everybody's in agreement. For the first reason, the fact that the husband's around and he admitted to it, that's good enough. But just from a, from purely a, a conceptual analysis perspective, the Gemara is questioning the second logical reason. So the Gemara asks, Amar Abaye. Abaye says, Is it really true that if it wasn't for the first reason, Rabbi Gamliel would be in agreement and say that we believe her in this case? At least, uh, would that be the, 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 the halachic ruling? We say, when do we follow Rabban Gamliel? When do we follow Rabban Gamliel? The Gemara says that we only follow Rabban Gamliel when most people that are around are permissible to her. So, for example, in the case of the single girl, most people who are around, in a situation at least, where most people are around, are permissible to her, so then we will believe her. Rabban Gamliel will believe her. Uh, but in this situation, most people, if it's a case of engagement, in fact, everybody in the world, except for her groom, uh, is is uh, forbidden to her. So most people, the rove, the majority, are forbidden to her. And so therefore, maybe in this case, even Rabban Gamliel will say that we have to be, we have to be concerned, that we can't believe them. Or we can't believe her, meaning it's a situation, forgetting about the first reason, 
Uh, if it's just the second reason, then maybe we cannot believe believe her. So the Gemara says no. Ulatamech tikshi lachi gufa halacha v'alotavid of the elamayz lachan meimar halacha chilah diavet v'anami kediavet dami. The Gemara essentially says when we say that we follow Rabban Gamliel, this was a statement made by Shmuel. Shmuel is a rabbi from the times of the Gemara. He made this statement and said that we follow the position of Rabban Gamliel. But when he made that statement, he said, we follow the position of the Rabban Gamliel, but you shouldn't act upon it. What does it mean that you shouldn't act upon it? He adds that line. So the Gemara explains as follows. This is really what we mean to say. We mean to say as follows. When do we need it to be that the majority of people are permissible to her, are permissible to, 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 this, uh, to this lady who is in question about who she had uh, sexual relations with? When do we need it that the majority of people are permissible to her? That's only if she's not already married. She's not married to a Kohen. And it's about the future. Should she be allowed to marry a Kohen or not? So then we will have our own stringencies above and beyond Rebbe Gamliel. And we will say, well, we will only allow her to marry a Kohen if the majority of the people are permissible to her. Not that this is the position of Rebbe Gamliel, but we, we will be more stringent and we'll say that uh, it has to be a case where the majority of people uh, are permissible to her. But that's only if the question is going towards the future. Can she marry a Kohen in the future? Because it, the stakes aren't as high. So she'll date non-Kohanim. She'll only date people who are not Kohanim. But if we're dealing with a case where it's after the fact, she's already married to a Kohen. So then if she's already married to a Kohen, so then certainly we'll say, even if the majority are not permissible to her, we will we will follow the regular view of Rabbi Gamliel who says that we trust her, we believe her. First of all, she knows exactly what happened. Second of all, she has a status quo that she's doing the right thing. That's that's our assumption that she's doing the right thing. So we already believe her. So the fact that the majority are not permissible to her doesn't matter. We're not gonna we're not gonna break up the marriage because of it. And in this case also, this is what the Gemara concludes in our case also, what's our case? We're, we're not discussing Kohanim in our case. We're discussing whether or not she committed adultery. If we were to not believe her so then they would have to get divorced. We have to take into account also the repercussions. You know, how, how high are the stakes? The stakes are very high. They would have to get divorced. So in this case, everybody, meaning within Rabbi Gamliel, within the Psak, within the Halachic ruling, even though uh, if she wasn't married, we would want, we have a higher standard and we need it to be that the majority of people are permissible to her, but in this situation where she's she's married and, and the stakes are so high that she would have to get divorced, so you no longer need the majority. You don't need the majority. And we don't have the majority. Everybody in the world is forbidden to her except for her husband. She's she's halakhically engaged. Uh, but what we do have is the fact that she has, is bari. She knows. She has the status quo of being believed, of of being uh, of doing the right thing. And we follow Rabban Gamliel to trust her. Uh, and that's what the Gemara said. That was the second reason. Number one is that everybody's in agreement. Uh, both uh, the groom and the bride. And number two is the fact that we follow the position of Rabbi Gamliel. And this is a situation where uh, we don't want them, the stakes are very high, so therefore we'll believe Rabbi Gamliel at face value. We'll believe, we'll believe Rabbi Gamliel um, to, to let them, to let them uh, stay married. Just to point out, additionally, we will also believe them to allow the, to say that the child is not a mamzer. That's also because the stakes are very high. Because if the child were to be a mamzer, it's not just that they are disqualified from marrying a Kohen, they're actually disqualified from marrying the vast majority of Jews. They cannot marry most people. Um, so those are also very high stakes. So therefore, in that case also, they'll believe to say that the child is not a mamzer. The child is not from 
uh, a relationship of adultery. Um, and one last point is that what happens in the following situation where the the groom actually says it's not from me. If the groom were to say that it's not from me, so then that goes back to a previous uh, discussion that we've had where if if the groom actually thinks that is if a husband actually thinks that his wife committed adultery, so then they're not allowed to stay married. If if he really it's not just that he suspects, but he knows. He knows with certainty. It wasn't for me. If he says, I never had sexual relations with my wife, we're, we're in this stage of, uh, of engagement. It never happened, not once. And this is what he's saying, that he knows this, so then they're not allowed to stay married because based on his own testimony for himself, so he, he knows that he's not allowed to stay married to her. That's viewed as adultery in Jewish law. If the wife commits adultery, they have to get divorced. Um, and so this is what he, he truly believes, even if we don't have any proof uh, we, we, the court has no proof, but we, he has to trust himself. He has to live life based on the way, how he, under, not that he's just suspicious. Suspicious is one thing, but if he's saying, I know with certainty that I never had sexual relations with my wife, how did she become pregnant? It must have been through somebody else. So then in that scenario, they would definitely have to get divorced. Okay, that concludes this part of the Gemara. We will continue on with the next part of the Gemara in the next recording.